0: welcome guys it's another episode of the man cave sports podcast it's a live show the first ever live show i'm really excited for it i'm really thankful for big picture for letting me come out here and do this show like i said i'm really excited for it and excited to do it i have mr taylor here with me to do an interview just about big picture and everything that's all about uh he's been with me ever since i got to this school uh, a couple years ago and he's been really helpful, helped me find out what I really wanted to do with my life, and this school has also really helped me out. So kind of my story, I got to big picture. Uh, January of 2017, I was like most high school kids, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with my life. I knew I wanted to go to college, but I just didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I, in big picture, we get more into it in a little bit, but you can – You know, uh, you get internships two days out of the week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so it's a really good opportunity. And I uh, had an internship at Panstow Elementary for a fifth grade class. Found out I really didn't want to do teaching. It just wasn't my kind of thing. And then, senior year, decided to come back. And I love sports. It's something I've always loved talking about. I've always watched sports ever since I was a kid. And I got, had the amazing opportunity to uh, intern at Froggy Radio in Frankfurt. Spent my whole senior year there. And uh, the experience that I got was absolutely amazing. Uh, and I really found out what I wanted to do. And that's all because of Big Picture and just, you know, really leading the way. And I really I wouldn't be sitting here today doing this podcast if it wasn't for Big Picture and people helping me out along the way. So it's like I said, it's a big picture is a really good school. It's a great opportunity for you know high school students to really you know not necessarily have to go to college, but they can find out what they want to do with different internships at Big Picture, and kind of if they do want to go to college, they can find you know an internship that will instead of going to college empty-handed and not knowing you know undeclaring as a major, then you know find something you want to do and lead the way for that, and that's kind of what I'm doing. And like i said I have mr taylor here one of the teachers at big picture and I, I big picture this is a third year of big picture now and just your uh, you, like you said you've been here since the start where what are your first impressions of maybe when you first got here and how you look at it now
1: well i think that big picture has changed a lot over the last three years uh we got here and it was pretty chaotic It was a new idea for us, a new way of doing things. We're trying to retrain teachers on how to teach and retrain students on how to do school. Um, And that's a difficult thing because it's been done the same way for so long. So it's been a really cool experience to watch things change and grow and watch students really uh, take ownership of their learning.
0: So, you know, five years from now, I know a lot of things can change. where, Where would you, as a teacher and as kind of, you know, a leader for these students, Where would you like to see this school be in about five years?
1: I think I'd like to see Big Picture Learning Academy be in its own building, uh, or at least in its own space, uh, bursting at the seams with students because everybody wants to be here. And I think that uh, a larger network of internship opportunities uh, spreading through probably Franklin and Jefferson County um, and really, I think that just focused on truly personalized learning and doing school completely differently than anybody else in the state of Kentucky.
0: I, I've, you know, I was, I think I said, it like, last year, I think, you know, when we were talking to Condor about different things we can improve for big picture, I remember saying something about, you know, expanding it to, you know, not just Shelby County, but, you know, like you said, like, also, you know, Frankfort. Well, I've been in Frankfort, but, you know, more like, you know, going out into Louisville, maybe even. And going out into or bringing in different, uh, di- bringing in different kids from other counties as well, and I think that would be really cool to see for Big Picture. Uh, so, I mean, we know we see kind of benefit for me of going to Big Picture, but what do you think is for other kids? What do you think is a big benefit for kids who decide to come to Big Picture?
1: So, the idea of Big Picture is that learning is personalized to what every student wants to do. Um, They have internship opportunities like you talked about at the radio station. But every student can find an internship that fits their interests. They can test drive that career. And ideally they're doing work at that internship that they can bring back to the classroom and demonstrate mastery of academic standards. Um, So rather than the teacher being at the front of the room and giving every student an assignment that's the same assignment and everyone's doing the same thing at the same time, ideally every student in a classroom could be doing something different uh, and something that they care about, and and really trying to make a difference in their community or in the world, and just doing real world work that's relevant to that student.
0: So, would it, do you think more schools should follow this this type of learning of personalized personalized learning?
1: I think in Shelby County, we're trying to focus on personalized learning in every school building. Um, Big Picture Learning Academy is trying to do it differently than the other schools. I think that there needs to be some element of personalized learning in schools everywhere. If doing packets and and worksheets and things like that works best for you, then that's what you should do. If that doesn't work best for you, you should have the option to do something else. Um, Now I don't think that every school needs to try to follow the Big Picture model. I think that there are bits and pieces of Big Picture that could fit everywhere and and some that maybe wouldn't.
0: Uh, When I first got the Big Picture, automatically right off the bat I saw the difference in how a teacher is a big picture rather than at a traditional school like Collins or Shelby County what do you think how does how is it different how does yeah? I know they are called advisors rather than uh, teachers here but what do you think is the big difference in how they handle their students
1: I think a lot of the big difference is that the advisors get to know their students Uh, when I go into a classroom I try to get to know everybody in there. I know about them, and I let them know about me. A lot of teachers, I think kids, tend to think that teachers sleep in their classrooms and never do anything but read books and write lesson plans, and that's just not true. So my students know a little bit about my personal life. I know about theirs. Um, They have my cell phone number. They can text me if there's a problem, if they want to call and complain about their parents or their job or whatever it is. They know that they've got an adult here who's going to care and going to listen and is going to answer the phone when they need something. Um, But I think also just... Being in a school like this, where students feel empowered to go out and do what they're interested in, makes a big difference. From I her think her
0: it, it made a big difference for me because you know I'm really thankful for Big Picture again because I would just be you know not really guided and you know I'm in college and spending all this money on you know, doing something I don't know what it what I want to do yet, and having this like again having an opportunity to go to a school like Big Picture can help out students and you know kids who are really struggling to find out what they want to do for the rest of your life and you know it's you know a lot of kids don't you know they have that problem of not knowing what to do and big picture i think you know obviously there are some improvements i think that can you know help the school flourish in the next you know couple to you know five years and maybe in 10 years but other than that it's a great it's a great opportunity and i would encourage any student in the Shelby County area, to really try this, or anywhere around the world where it's close to them, to try out this school, because it helped me, and it can help you know anyone else. And I notice, you know, it's just uh, it's a really good opportunity. It's a fantastic chance to really change how your life, where you want to, you know, you know how you want your how you want to lead your life. So. Uh, Uh, Thank you again for coming on. Thanks for coming and talking with us. Yeah, it's uh, I'm like I said, really excited for this because I always had a you know I wanted to do a live show, just wasn't exactly sure where and doing it at the school where I graduated from and you know a school that helped me out a lot. It's yeah, wanted to have an opportunity to come in and talk to the students and you know do a little bit of my sports stuff and have fun with them and it's going to be a good show. Uh, And again, uh, this this episode is sponsored by Wasteland Press. Weisland Press is a self-publishing book company, and if you guys ever have like family members, or anyone else, a friend, or anyone that wants to write potentially write a book and get it self-published, Weissland Press seriously, it's the way to go. They can it's they make money off of your book, not you. So it's a really good opportunity to do that. I highly recommend it. You can call them at five zero two four three seven zero eight six zero. Or you can visit them on their website at www.waveslandpress.net. That's the end of the first segment. In the second segment, I'm going to be joined by Mr. Coddle and Todd Wells as we talk about some sports, about why Duke sucks, why Kentucky rocks, and all that good stuff. Thank you. Welcome back, guys. Segment two, Man Cave Sports Podcast. Here with Mr. Todd oh, Wells. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, hello. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's Todd oh, He's a student here at Big Picture. Here with Mr. Coddle. He's also he's a teacher at uh here at Big Picture.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Yep, no problem. Glad to have you. <laughs> also glad to have Todd. Yep,
2: absolutely.
0: Uh I, like I said in the first segment, I've always loved sports. It's always been my thing. I know you like sports, you play soccer, which is I don't I don't know why. Uh, wow man. You're an assist <laughs> you're a coach. For the Collins High, uh, women's basketball team. So I think we're all pretty pretty knowledgeable, I would say, about sports. Mm -hmm. And like I said, at the end of the first segment, I said Duke sucks, (laughs) which they do. I mean – And honestly, like when – first game of the season – Can we define suck? Overrated. I'm not sure they
2: fit that category. Overrated. Overrated? Overrated. I
0: might give you overrated. Maybe. Maybe. So first game of the season, Kentucky plays Duke. They get they get, get they get knocked. I I was
2: Kentucky must really suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Duke just uh, they just trampled Kentucky on their first game. Mm-hmm. And I see on your Snapchat <laughs> that you're a Duke fan.
3: Yeah, that. Was, do you
0: know how much that hurts me? Because I go to UK. Yeah, I do know that. He went to UK, and yep. like our natural enemy is Duke. Compared to Louisville, you'd rather be a Duke.
3: Like, you would rather have your NBB Duke than Louisville? Yes. We hate both. We hate both. We hate both, okay. I hate both uh,
0: yeah. but Duke
2: is – not a hard concept.
0: Well, like Duke goes all the way back to the early 90s about Christian Leitner and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, this, that was just an off night for Kentucky, though. That's, Honestly, this – I mean, that was – it was the beginning of November, mm-hmm. and there's still multiple months season. before March before Kentucky really needs to start playing their good basketball. Correct. And, you know, going back to Duke, I just – like. I think they're overrated. I think they're a good team, but I think they're a little overrated. And here's why. You think about teams in the past that have won a national championship. Mm -hmm. Look at Kentucky back in 2012. Why did they win? They they were a brilliant team. They won because they had brilliant freshmen, Anthony Davis, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They had veterans coming back, Terrence Jones, Deron Lamb, Mm -hmm. and Marcus Teague. And they had Darius Miller as you know, their senior leader. That's why they won a national championship, because they had leadership. Even look at Duke three years ago when they won. Why did they win? They had terrific freshmen, mm-hmm. and they also had Queen Cook as senior that, had, that offered fantastic leadership, and that's why they won.
3: That was also the same year Kentucky went, what, 38-1? and one? Like, Genuinely, if Kentucky would have went to the finals, Duke wouldn't have won. They had to play with Yeah, Kansas. I
0: mean, think about that. Is I think Kentucky would have beaten Duke. Absolutely. Kentucky Duke. was just an overall better team. Uh, and That's the thing. Like, this year, Duke's not – they have really good players. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they don't have a complete team. Okay.
2: So who's your team? Who wins the national championship? Or is that later in the segment? <laughs> well, I <laughs> like do have some
0: it. possible – like, who could win a national championship right now? And I think that would be so number you're saying, one.
3: You're saying like we just drop March and start the tournament now. You're saying who could win right now?
0: Well, if we just just right now, who's the most tournament ready? Okay, Kansas is number one for me. Really, they're the most complete team. I think because they have they have the Lawson twins who came and transferred from uh from uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. They have LeGerald Vick who's been playing out of his mind this season. Right. They have Charlie Moore, a transfer from uh, uh, California. They have freshman and Quentin Grimes. They just—they have a complete team, and they're stacked all around. Right. If you're looking at in terms of now, they are the most complete team, I think. hmm And I think Gonzaga would be a good second. So you're saying they, with Kansas, uh, especially with Rui. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, really think Gonzaga. I know they don't play in a really great conference, but I think they're a really good team. And they're, play, they, I mean, they beat Duke without two of their best players. Correct. So, I mean, I think I, if you just look at that, so once that Gonzaga say? gets both of those players back, yeah. they're going to be, they're just going to be ready. They're going to be ready for March, and they're going they're ready now. And when they get those two players back, what's that say about their depth? they just they'll just have more. Mm-hmm. I mean they've already used to playing without their two players or two one of their best players right. and of course when they add them back or when they come back from injury that just going to be even better. And Gonzaga's going to be a scary team. Like I said, I know they don't they don't play in a great conference, but they're they're a solid team this year. And I mean, uh Mark Few has done a really good job with Gonzaga over the years. And Gonzaga's always usually a pretty good team, and they're, they're still undefeated. And like They beat Duke. That's right. an impressive win. Absolutely. And if you can beat Duke, I mean, especially now, that's, that's, I think that's a good tone setter for how the rest of the season is going to go. Like I said, I think Kansas is definitely number one. I think they're the most ready. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, I don't think you're going to like me saying this, I think Kentucky could win eventually. I don't think right now they're ready. Right. But I think eventually down the road – by the time SEC play starts, and once they start getting experience, they're going to be a dangerous team. Because mm-hmm. look at Kentucky is set; they have players. They have Reed Travis, who's a graduate transfer from Stanford. Right, he is really, really good, and he's been the most consistent player in Kentucky's team so far. Ashton Hagen's uh, something that's been can- killing Kentucky all season long so far is their defense. Mm-hmm. They can't guard the yes. perimeter. They can't guard the three. And it, it's been a problem. Great example was Duke-Kentucky. And this, it, Another problem with Duke is they try to run up and down the court mm-hmm. with Duke, which was a bad idea to begin with. If you're going to beat Duke, you have to full court press them or you know, just slow down the game. You can't just run up and down the court with Duke. You're going to lose that nine times out of ten. But Absolutely. Kentucky, they have the pieces. They have Tyler Hero. He does, he's not a great defensive player, but his offense definitely makes up for that. Ashton Higgins. He's a great defender, but his offense doesn't, you know, it's not great, so, you know, he, he definitely has a lot to work on, right. but his defense I – mean, look at uh, UNC Greensboro uh, last weekend. His defense in that second half was top-notch. Mm-hmm. He's a great defender, and if we're if Kentucky wants to win a national championship, they're going to have to have him playing good defense. They're going to need Tower Hero. They're going to need P.J. Washington to start stepping up because if they, if they don't have P.J. Washington stepping up and playing consistent ball every single game, then they're not going to win. They can't just win – with Reed Travis playing out of his mind every single game, they won't be able to. That everyone needs to contri- contribute. Tower Hero needs to start playing great offensively. Right. I mean, he's had a he has worked on his game a little bit past couple games. He's had good games, but he still needs to work on it. Quaddy Green, he's not the greatest defender, but I mean, if you're if he's hot like against uh, against uh, Monmouth, he went like four for seven from a three point line. If you're hot like that and you keep him in the game, but Quade Green's a big de- defensive liability right now, but if he's playing great offensively, then he can, he's a great spark for the team, especially off the bench. You look at Emmanuel quickly, who is a better shooter than has, than has been shown. Mm-hmm. Because and When he was in high school, he went to a couple of three-point shootouts. I think he played at the McDonald's All-American three-point shootout. He won that, and he won another high school three-point shootout. Right. But he's a good, he is a good three-point shooter. He just hasn't really had the opportunity to show it. Like I said, we all know Reed Travis. Right. Nick Richards has been a big disappointment to me. I don't know about you, Mr. Cottle, but Nick Richards, I think, coming to this, especially when you look back at the Bahamas, he looked more confident. He looked better as a player, and he looked really good. And I was really excited because I thought, you know, he's going to be a key piece to what really gets this Kentucky team going.
2: He he did play very well in the Bahamas. Uh, He may have set that bar a little too high initially, uh, but I've not been disappointed in him. Like, I think he's a good good piece. And Cal has just not been against. playing him. And I'm not sure yeah. if – I mean, I hope he gets
0: more playing time. Now, he had a game last year. I can't remember who it was against, but he's had 25 points and 12 rebounds. He can score We he wants to. I think a big problem with him is confidence. And, you know, he had a game uh, against Nor- – I believe it was against North Dakota where he had 19 rebounds, something like that. So we just need that type of Nick Richards. And, you know, of course when you come back, you expect him to improve, and he just hasn't – I don't know. I've still been disappointed because I want to see more from Nick Richards because, like I said, he's still a key piece to this team. And down the road, if he starts playing really good, then this Kentucky team is going to be unstoppable because I think he has the tools to be good. He just hasn't really shown it yet. I think he can rebound, and he's been getting beat off the ball from def- um, from on the defense. But he still has a lot to work on. But I, I really hope Cal decides to start playing him more. I really do. And PJ has had a good, a good couple games. But a problem with PJ is that you know he came back, and I thought you know he can be, still be an all SEC or He's all, been the
2: biggest disappointment for me. TJ, like yeah. you expected so much more from him as.
0: The he's leader. had a, he's had he has had a, like maybe one or two good games so far this season, and other than that, he's been kind of just side you know side the you know on the side. And well, he's he finished been,
2: the year last year so strong. He did, and, and and there was question of whether he was even going to come back. So when he did, everybody had this high expectation. So he had a lot to live up to begin with, and you know you look at him and you think he's going to be the alpha dog on the team. Yeah, and he should be. Kentucky doesn't have an alpha dog. That's, That's not a problem
0: right the, the now. Yeah. The, right, the closest one right now, I think, is the closest to an alpha alpha dog is probably Keldon Johnson.
2: I would agree. Uh, he just has so much energy and fight in him. You'd want to see that out of the other players.
0: Uh, and you want to see that throughout, you know, the whole team having that kind of fight in them. And, again, it just hasn't been shown so far this season. And they've had good games against Monmouth, against North Dakota. And, they, and you know, just looking at their next stretch of games, they have, you know, some games that are, you know, they have. they play Seton Hall next. Then they move on to play Utah, which that's not a – I don't think that's a bad game either. Then they play North Carolina. That's going to be their first that, against North Carolina? Yes.
2: North Carolina. <laughs> minus that Duke game, they play. Oh, minus, yeah, yeah. The Duke, M- minus, minus the Duke. Minus
0: the Duke game. You <laughs> like Duke, but you forget uh, Duke, probably. <laughs> when they come off that North Carolina game. They have Louisville. Am I wrong? Yeah, after Louisville uh, or after North Carolina, they do play Louisville. Which f- Louisville? Honestly, they've they've really surprised me so far this absolutely. season. Absolutely.
3: I think if Louisville – I mean, they beat Michigan
0: the State. I know it was at home, but that's still an impressive win. Mm-hmm. Chris Mack, that was a great, fantastic hire for uh, Louisville. Absolutely. I mean, just to get rid of all of the the toxicity that was uh, the Tom Jurch era. They, I mean, they just recently got rid of uh, Bobby Petrino. Thank right. God they needed that. Yes, absolutely. And – Get, getting Chris Mack was a great hire. He turned around in Xavier Program. He's doing good at Louisville so far. Correct. And, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to hate him because he's such a good guy. I mean, he's the exact opposite from Rick Bertino. Yes. I mean, you see Chris Mack actually going out into the community and talking to the people of Louisville. And, like I said, I just, I'm really, you know, I'm kind of happy for Chris Mack and Louisville right now. He's the
2: common man's man.
0: He, he, exactly. That's a, that's a good way to explain it. And that's what Rick Bertino was not. Right, I think I think Louisville in the form that they're playing currently, and they think, can shoot. Yeah, they if, can shoot. They can play good defense when they want mm-hmm. to. They have a good set of players, and, and honestly, I mean David Padgett, I think it was right for him not for him for not for Louisville to hire him full right. time because he did good with what he had, but mm-hmm. he just wasn't enough. And like, but he left Chris Mack with a good core of players like Darius Perry, uh, Malik Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan uh, Norwa. That's good. That's a good set. They're sophomores right now. Jordan Norwa has been their best player so far, I think. Okay. And, again, they have a good set of players. They got graduate transfers right. from from uh, Sanford and all that. But I'm really surprised by Louisville. And, I honestly, I don't know if this would be considered a bold prediction, but I think by the time the season's over, I think they'll be in the top 25. Top 25? And they'll, they'll make a tournament
3: They're, this their year. Their two losses aren't even that bad. Marquette and Overtime. And they, and they lost to Tennessee. And to, and to Tennessee. And the Tennessee game was close, majority of the entire Yeah, game. they just, Tennessee is a heck of a team. Tennessee, Tennessee is a hell is. of I'll a team.
2: I think they yes. may be better than Kentucky and the SEC. I think uh, t- I think Tennessee might win the SEC. Absolutely, I mean, think
0: Tennessee would be the only team that could over, you know, that could Tennessee be on top. And Kentucky I don't think Auburn has it quite. They're, right. Auburn's a good team; they're a top ten team, but I don't think they're going to win the SEC. Tennessee could, and ten, um, Kentucky could. I think those are the only two teams I could see. That's winning going that. to
3: be what it comes down to in the SEC is Tennessee and Kentucky.
0: Yeah, uh, and let's not forget Kentucky plays Kansas next month, mm-hmm. which that's going to be at Rupp. Right. That's going to be an interesting game to see how much. I mean, Kentucky played Duke first game of the season. Mm -hmm. Blown out, terrible game. But you look at this Kansas game, it's going to be interesting to see if Kentucky has improved their game since that Duke game. Because Kansas is number two right now, and with a pretty, you know, with a really solid team. And like I said, I think that game is going to be really interesting to see, and if Kentucky can really hold their own and prove why they were, you know, number two at the start of the
2: season. Coach Cal is a great coach. He's going to definitely have the team grow between now, uh, between that new game and the Kansas game. So you'll see a different type of uh, of game played. Uh, you know, all those those freshmen especially are going to grow. Uh, now, with that said, Kansas is pretty good. I think Kentucky may be the overrated team. I'm a Kentucky fan, bleed blue. I don't see it with this group. I just don't see it right now. Now, later in the year, they can be competitive, certainly.
0: This should be a great team. They should be great offense. Their defense should be good, especially – I don't understand why – where's,
2: where's the offense come from? You say well, we're good at offense. Where's it coming? Well, from? I
0: mean, it should be. I mean, it, can, it should come from PJ. It should come from Tyler Hero. It should come from Quade. And, and – and Keldon too. It I should come from those guys, but they just haven't put together that type of really good offensive game yet. And Tyler Hero, he I was you know, watching his highlights and watching him in high school. The dude can shoot. The dude was, you know, he is popping. He's the best
2: offensive player without a doubt. But here's the problem. Everybody knows that. So everybody focuses on that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So when you play Kentucky, how do you shut Kentucky down? Well, you stop Hero. Right. Yep. And after that, who steps up? Okay. I mean, we, you, we mentioned you expect, all these other players, but some of their game is limited. Keldon Johnson is a great energy player, but he's not like a create-your-own-shot type of scorer. He can drive he's, he's the He's good at taking he, it
0: to the basket. He's really good at that. He's just – like Keldon Johnson, I think he's been good. But, you know, he's also been kind of a disappointment because, like you said, we expected, you know, PJ to be an alpha dog. We expect Keldon Johnson to be an alpha dog. I just – I – I hate to say, it, but I kind of agree with you. I, I don't think is overrated, you know, per se. But I think can, this Kentucky team should be really good. Tyler, let but, me ask you. The, but they have a lot to. Wait, on a sec. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, they have a lot. To, they have a lot to work on. But I, I think Kentucky can be really really good it's just a matter of putting putting all the pieces together and playing consistent ball because that's something you haven't seen from kentucky this year that one game against monmouth and then you know granted unc uh greensboro is a solid team but you know kentucky just came out flat and i really i hope and pray that cal can get this team in check by the time, you know, by the time next month comes around, or at least by the time but February. Kentucky will
2: be Kentucky's gonna be fine. They're gonna be a competitive team. They're gonna make a run in for the SEC. They're gonna make a run in the tournament. Now but when we start talking about elite teams. Right. Can they make the final four?
3: That's what I was about to ask. I don't know. I don't who's, think so. I mean it that also final
2: depends four? on where they well, there's a lot of factors in play you know, yeah it, it, it depends on, on where they on kind of in all those they, can, they can so certainly match matter the
0: the committee can completely screw kentucky and just put them in a conference that has duke that has kansas i don't know but they could they can put them in a really tough uh bracket. you know right. in a tough part of the bracket but i mean we don't know that that's still far away from now say everything goes your way who's your final four
1: my right final now, four. looking
0: um, Do you even
3: put Kentucky in your Final Four? Would you put Kentucky in your Elite Eight?
2: Maybe Elite Eight. Maybe Elite Eight? Maybe Elite Eight. I think they are capable of that, mm-hmm. uh, especially by the time we get to March. Right. They'll, they'll be ready. They'll be strong at that point. Now, Final Four, I don't know how I'd put them in my Final Four. My Final Four would probably be Kansas, uh, Gonzaga. Um, I don't, my Dark Horse would be Nevada. Okay. I don't know if you know much about Nevada. But
0: Nevada was they they have almost everyone back. I think again they have a, they have the unfortunate they have, twins. they have yeah yeah they are
2: amazing. Uh, they're very well coached. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I uh, said, so they have everyone back, and I know they have the unfortunate you know thing of being in a you know kind of a poor conference. But I think they're a good team. They're they're really good. Like Nevada, watch out for them because they can upset some people. I mean, it's if they played Duke, I think they could beat Duke. Okay. So, what's one way you stop Duke? Duke would probably be.
3: In uh, the yeah, final Duke. Four. Duke's
2: I my Final Four player. as well. I would put Duke.
3: I would have Tennessee.
2: Even with the youth and inex- experience, like their talent. If, if
3: I had like a dark horse, I'd put Seton Hall.
2: Seton Hall. Okay. Seton
0: Hall. <laughs> 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 so,
3: so can, what do you like about the, Seton Hall? They're just they're they're on top of it. They can do they can do bits. I feel like Scene coming... Hall hasn't been relevant since they were in the Big East. That's or, anyways. So I feel like coming March, that's my Cinderella team. Okay.
0: Absolutely. I think for See,
3: my, no one expected ver, uh, no one Virginia,
2: Virginia to lose first seed last year. I well I.
0: To be fair, Virginia Virginia's never
2: lived up to where they should be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's been, been plenty of people play. like
0: in the in the previous just you know three to four years alone, people have predicted Virginia to make it to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. They could just never, you know, they always get upset by some team. Right. I mean, last year they the first number one seed to lose to a 16 seed. I think they're gonna have that hanging over their head a bit, but they had they didn't have one of their best players on the team. He was injured. Okay. So that I don't know if that played a you know a factor, factor. it might have, but I, Virginia I think they could be good. I think they I would say Virginia is probably an elite eight team. I think that someone could beat them in the elite eight. Mm-hmm. But just going back to Duke, when Duke right. plays Virginia, the way that Virginia plays basketball, Duke's not going to win. Oh, really? Well, Virginia plays slow it down really, you know. Gritted out basketball, especially right. on the defense. Okay. And Duke is. And how do you, fast, how do
3: you stop how do you stop Duke? You gotta slow him
0: down. Exactly. Exactly. You stop Zion, and then you have. And here's another thing. I saw an article about Zion when they played Harvard. Mm-hmm. It just, it really got to me, and it rubbed off on me the wrong way. Right. There was an article on ESPN that said something to the effect of, Miss dunks cause Zion to have off game. That's how you know you're one-dimensional and that the only thing you can do is dunk. He was shooting outside the perimeter. Bare. He he's, only gets two assists a couple
2: during he's, he's the game. He's con- lacking consistency with that. Right, uh, yeah. He's but capable that's of just, it, but no, you've got to be able to do it day in, day out. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, can, now, Z-
0: can Zion be a really good NBA player? I, yes, absolutely. he can. I think
2: but, Zion is way underrated as far as a passer. He's one of the... Best passers for his size that I've seen oh, yeah. in a while, and I don't think people give him enough credit for that. So, I think he gives you far more than just size and dunking mm-hmm. ability and and, and and highlights. Right. I mean, the, the kid can play ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I don't I don't see how Virginia can stop Duke. I just don't. They have too many weapons. Right. They have too much size strength. Mm-hmm. Now I understand. Virginia is like always the best defensive team. Right. But he, here's, here's facts. Defense is way overrated in postseason play. You know, we, we see these slogans all the time. Defense wins championships. Well, data does not support that. Right. Data does not support that. You have to be able to score the ball. Yes. Now, Virginia was able to score the ball last year. They just happened to get, <coughs> get upset. Yeah. Uh, I thought last year was probably their best chance at – Going far in the postseason, it just didn't right. happen for them. Right. I don't think that their defense is going to be able to stop Duke enough that that they could win that game. Yeah, but we'll find out. And we'll, that's we'll I mean, that's going to be a good game. Like I, I said, Duke's, Duke's a, a really
0: Duke's a really good team. I just don't see that they have the leadership to go far mm-hmm. or to win a national championship. You brought this up earlier. Yes, it's I don't. I just elaborate. like I said, I think
2: well, leadership doesn't always have to be from an upperclassman so even when we go back and we talk about the 2012 team of Kentucky mm-hmm. and you look at that roster and you see they have experience and leadership that is very true but who was the biggest leader on that team
0: Anthony probably Anthony Davis I would say Anthony Michael Davis
2: okay? <laughs> Michael Kidd Gilchrist okay Michael Kidd Gilchrist breakfast club <laughs> All right, that's him. Yeah, I remember, yeah. All right. Like he, he is the he was, motivator, uh, the kid that's I think diving terms, on the floor.
0: I think in terms of Kentucky's hardest workers in the Cal era, I think he's probably number one. And then you could say Brandon Knight after that. And, you know, you see Quade Green trying to work on his game. I mean, he's, you know, you see him passed out midnight trying to work on his shot. But, you know, just looking forward, you know, there's still a lot of college basketball season left. Oh, yes. There's a lot of things that can change. There are injuries that can happen. But, you know, it's going it's still gonna be continue to be a fun season, even you know, when they go into SEC play. It's gonna be interesting to see. Uh I mean there's a lot like I said, there's just a lot of things that can happen. Uh this uh last part of the segment where a little bit of fu- uh football. Urban Meyer decides to you know he's calling it quits at ohio state which is kind of surprising he's only 54 but with you know recent stuff that happened earlier in the year you know i don't you know i could see why and they hired ryan day their all offensive coordinator to take over the team in a five-year contract do you think that was a good decision by them
2: well i think it's going to give some consistency moving forward um I do believe they probably could have opened that up, and they would have had big name after big name apply. Uh, to be honest, I, I I don't know enough about this guy to to tell you yes or no. Uh, obviously, they felt he was the right guy, so time will tell. I mean,
0: Urban Meyer was suspended, and he did pretty well with you know those three games that Ryan Day decided you know he coached the team. I mean, it, just for Kentucky. A good question to ask is, you know, as far as recruiting, if Kentucky can, uh, you know, they do we'll really more good Ohio with recruits. You, right. They, I mean, they got Benny from Ohio. It isn't I think Lynn Bowden's from Ohio too. They get players from, you know, getting go up there. They have from that Ohio.
2: Youngstown connection, so right. uh, I mean, I think they will continue to get some quality players out of Ohio. Uh, that's the big question. So it's it's different between in-game coaching and then like being the leader of the program. Right. So so how how good of a recruiter is this guy going to be? How well can he put staff around him that can recruit? Uh I mean it's Ohio State University. They're yeah. still going to be tough. I mean, Yeah, they're they're
0: still easy. a pre- prestigious university and their football team is always year in year out they're always a competitive team. Uh
2: <sighs> The bigger question to me is where Urban going?
0: Yeah, he's not really he, retiring. He's not going to stay he, a he, He's long. not going to yeah. even – how long did it take him – like he coached at Florida. How long did it take him to come back to coach at Ohio State? It wasn't very long. And he's only 54. I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that old for a coach. I mean, you have a uh, Kansas State uh, coach who was 77 and he just retired. So, I mean, Urban Meyer, I don't think he's going to stay retired for long probably take a couple years off and then go back to coaching mm-hmm. i just don't see him staying out for long and it would be a big shock to me if he does another thing about recruiting you saw the thing about wandell robinson right
2: i did that's unfortunate let me
0: just tell you <laughs> i was not the happiest cancer uh camper uh when that when that whole thing went on i think he could i know he's just a kid he's 18 19 or however old he is but he's still a kid he could have handled that so much better because what what really, you know, really struck me, what really grinded my gears about it was that he, he's from Kentucky, decides to commit to, to Kentucky, and then flips his commitment to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's in Nebraska? Corn? <laughs> You're going to have fun in Lincoln, Nebraska? husking corn
2: oh yeah they're the corn huskers you know, you know if you live in nebraska though you know what they're saying what's in kentucky like right. what do you do there we, Sit have, on who, who who? we have lexington yeah. I mean. there's a
0: lot of things about kentucky that's a lot a whole lot better than freaking nebraska anyways nebraska that doesn't really that going to nebraska doesn't really bother me it's just the fact of everything that he did
2: here, here's what I can say about recruitment and and I don't hold anything against this kid, okay uh, I don't like that Ever, you know committed to Kentucky and changed his mind, but that's as a fan perspective, okay like, the kid made a change had a change in mind, and it's right. all about relationships. Mm-hmm. We don't know when or how that relationship with the Nebraska coaches kind of formed and developed and what evolved there, but at some point in time he made a decision that for him and his family. The move to Nebraska was best for him. Right. And I'm perfectly okay with that. You know, whatever
3: because a kid. I didn't wants really to do care where you
0: went. I wasn't even expecting him to pick Kentucky in the first place. It's just it's just the fact that he went week after week, assuring that he was one hundred percent committed to UK.
2: What else was he supposed to do? <laughs> I mean if you <laughs> ask him he's to, gonna I say mean, yeah, not yeah, commit committed. to Kentucky
0: I'm in the first place. <laughs> I mean, in his recruitment of why he, you know, decided to... Have you ever made a mistake? Plenty of mistakes. (laughs) Okay. But...
2: Have you ever changed your mind?
0: Well, I think the... The, like I said, the thing that really got me about it is that he's from Kentucky and then he decides to, hes you know, he's coming out saying hometown hero and then he decides to go to Nebraska. I just think in the grand scheme of things, he could have handled that situation so much more better, but just not. You know, he said his heart wasn't here in Kentucky. That's fine. Just don't commit Kentucky to Kentucky in the first place and just decide then play at Nebraska or, you know, commit to Nebraska first. I, I just, like I said, he could have handled that situation so much more better. So, one I one the kid the best of luck. I, I, I really do. He's a great player. You know, when I was at Froggy, I had an uh, opportunity to go watch him play at Western Hills. The, the dude's a freak. He, yes. I mean, he's the definition yes, of, of an athletic player, and he's who you want on your team. And that's a big loss for Kentucky not having him for next year. Mm-hmm. But you know, Kentucky football, they're still going to be good next year. And the last part of the segment, a little bit about Kentucky. They're playing Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. I'm thoroughly happy with how this season went. Nine and three, five and three in the SEC. It's the best record since 1950, or or not 1950, 1977. But I'm happy with how they went. I'm really excited for where they go in the future. They're doing really good with recruiting. They got two four-star recruits from the state, uh, and Jared Casing and JJ Weaver. Big pickups on defense and a defense that's going to lose a lot next year. And they're playing, like I said, playing in the Citrus Bowl against uh, Penn State. Should be a good game. Mm-hmm. Be interesting to see Penn State's not a slouch team. They have Trace McSnorley, and, uh, you know, they uh, their running back. I think his last name is right. Canada, or something like that. But that's going to be a good game. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to come down to the wire. It's a matter of if Kentucky's defense can shut down McSnorley. I'm taking Kentucky on that one. Uh, thank you. That's a good – I don't have the buttons, but I would be an acceptance button. Here, here's an applause. There, there you go. Thank you for saying something good against You're Kentucky. Welcome. You're welcome. All right, just, anyways. Yeah, Kentucky's defense is very strong. Yeah, Kentucky's defense has been something that's been kept, kept keeping them afloat, even despite of their offensive woes mm-hmm. this season. And, I'm, you know, this class deserves a lot of the credit. It's a great senior class. They have done a lot for this program in getting them to the point now where they are, going 93. That's impressive. And they have a chance to win 10 games, which is something that hasn't been done in a very long time. Right. So is just you know going to the future getting recruits and you know keeping that leadership going and having that chip on their shoulder and saying hey you know we can compete with you guys we can p- compete with anybody and you know next year if Benny, decide, Benny Snell decides to go you know this is going to be Terry Wilson's team next year and it's going to be up to him being a junior being a leader to really lead that offense, and it's gonna be up to new, newer people leading Kentucky's defense. Mm-hmm. And if they can do that, I think Kentucky can stay consistent throughout. Be hopefully a consistent eight-win team, mm-hmm. uh, every, you know, every step of the way for the next maybe you know next five years. Talking about little guys in football, um,
3: UCF. Do you think they're gonna beat LSU?
0: I would. No, <laughs> really, <laughs> I would. Oh, <laughs> I've had I'll go on to Facebook a lot and have my complaints about University of Central Florida football team. Mm-hmm. I think they're a good team. However, they are in a really bad conference, right. and they, they, they have the a lot of work to do. And they're not going to be LSU. Right yeah. Now. All right. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for joining me on the sports <laughs> segment. Thanks really, for having us. really appreciate it. Next segment, we have a fun special segment for the for the students here. at Big picture. Thank you guys again for joining me. Go Thank big. You. big. Go big pic. Go big pick. Go big pig. <laughs> I'd just like to thank everyone from Big Picture, including Miss Shipley. And Mr. Taylor for allowing me to come down there and do a live show. I really appreciate it. I had a fun time and I really hope all the kids and you guys had a fun time too. You can find us on our social media at Man Cave Sports Podcast for our Instagram. Our Twitter is at Man Cave Podcast. And you can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Sports Podcast. We sincerely thank you guys for continuing to listen to us. And we really do appreciate it. Until next time, this has been the Man Cave.